This is Sam from HEA Designs, and you're listening to the Bladeology Podcast. Hmm. I just I think need a you photo. could get like a, uh, a spatial like, like noise canceling. Oh, there. See, it stopped. A spatial noise canceling device is called a fucking mattress guy, just for the record. All right. Someone's just trying to rob a car. So just put four mattress around me. That, that wouldn't work. Way too loud. I got to dehydrate the media for my 3D printer. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't have a device for that. I'm just, I'm just going to throw out that media and use the new media. Oh, man. Who are you interviewing tonight? Nobody. Nobody. We could have anything for coasters, but how about this slice of geode? Well, that would work too. Sure. Okay. Uh, right. There's a back of them over here. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, there's a stack, like a stack of three behind that cup. Oh my God. Do, re, mi, fa, so. All right. We're going to jump into it like we do every week. Welcome to another episode of the Bladeology podcast. We have returned from a brief hiatus. I am joined tonight by two other of the three total wise men. This is the vocal representation of Jeremiah Burbank from PBK Vegas. Nick Chuprin of NCC Knives. And Elijah Isham of Isham Bloodworks. All right. We are rejoining you after many travels abroad not really uh we went to the ice show though and it was pretty great and we're gonna give you guys a show recap somewhat officially somewhat unofficially it's been a month uh everybody was pretty busy a lot going on um but nonetheless it was a great show so the ice show icce show in fort worth um previously was a knife makers guild show it's so it still is the knife makers guild show but it was purchased and it is now the Blade. Blade owns it. The organization that owns Blade Show owns the Knife Makers Guild Show, and it is the ICCE Show, um, or like Blade Show Middle South, opposed to Blade Show West or East. I guess I don't know. Blade Show Texas, whatever. Anyway, um, it happened. We yeah, flew right. in and. Uh, Adventures were had, and I think people overall people people were seen. So right, Memories so were made. So this, yeah, this was the first show, really in a while. Um, there was sort of the California show, time. but like, yeah, the California show was kind of like a outdoor bazaar. This was like really more representative of um, an industry show that we're used to, which is yeah. everybody the and whole, their dad. The old bar, yeah, like all out, just like tables drinks socialization it kind of reminded me personally of the before times i don't know if i was the only one who had that definitely it was like a throwback it's the first time we were out of the east coast where you didn't need masks and go to restaurants and bars and ubers with more than three people yeah it was nice to go back out and see everybody um Nick had a shared table with um, his stepdad and our impromptu father in general, Mr. John Gray, which is cool. Yes. 
Uh, Last minute, John hooked me up there. Yeah, Nick had Nick had some stuff out Much and a uh, ride side saddle and the uh, basically the table. Yeah, should, yeah. Should I talk about my table and what I did at the show? <laughs> uh, so I had different plans for the show and ascent originally, and uh, those kind of fell through. And then at one point, I decided not to go, and then the week before, I decided to go, and. Uh, I kind of just scrounged together what I could make in the week and thankfully I had enough to bring to the show and John Gray was kind enough to let me uh, use essentially almost half the table and honestly it was a great show. I kind of made a little bit mixed match things, not exactly what I would have liked to bring, but made magic happen in a week. Uh, And then I decided to go for an obscenely priced plane ticket when you ordered the day before. Besides that, uh, honestly, like Jeremiah said, it was a great show and it was kind of like before times. Uh, I didn't do the California Knife show. It just at that time, I was still questionable of the outcome and how the show will turn out for me to fly six hours to California and do all that. But honestly, I don't, definitely don't regret going. Uh, had a great amount of sales, a great amount of people came by. It was always constantly busy. There was no empty spots or dead periods, really. There was constantly people flowing through the room. And as Jeremiah said, it wasn't just hardcore collectors. It was collectors, fathers, sons, family. It was kind of, I had whole groups of families come by the table, husband, wife, two kids. People were just going out. There's no masks, nothing, which was a little concerning for being someone from New York. As some of you guys know, I did catch COVID, but it wasn't from the show most likely because everyone around me didn't, including Elijah, Jeremiah, John, uh, some people I spoke to after. I did stay in Dallas for the following two days after everyone left by myself and uh, did do a little bit of going out. And I'm pretty sure that's where I caught it uh, and not actually from the show. So a little concern there. I did contact a bunch of knife makers to see what's up and everyone seemed healthy and OK. So it's kind of a fluke. Fortunately, that did set me back a month, um, close to. I've been negative from COVID for the last eight days, and it's still not having really been in the shop. But getting back on track here now, trying to follow up and start prepping for the next show, as well as uh, prioritizing orders first. So if I don't really catch up with orders, I probably won't be at the next show. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, I probably, in fact, I do echo that. Um I talked to a lot of people to show a lot of people did and didn't have their shots. But again, Elijah and I came out clear. So I'm going to have to definitely say that the show overall, while not having really serious mask enforcement at the time, you know, I didn't catch it. Elijah didn't catch it. So I'm sure almost no one did. Nick's just unlucky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nick is just highly unlucky. (laughs) Yeah. That was no fault to the organizers. Yeah, that was not funny. Exactly. I had COVID twice and my doctor said if I get it a third time, I will need to be a case study at this point. But uh, yeah, it's no fault to the show organizers. A lot of, some people did complain about that when I made the announcement about having COVID and that I'll be away for about two, three weeks as I recover. Uh, just because I couldn't keep up with messages or go to the shop or really have to partake in work uh, for that period. And uh Guys were blaming the show organizers, which I don't believe at all. They were following state no, regulation, yeah, which yeah. is pretty much no regulation. And people who lived there and were used to it wouldn't really go follow. I wouldn't, I don't believe they would have followed uh, regulation if ICE put in any, to be honest, because they're so used to Well, they were already 
were lifted the, the week or two prior and people are like, OK, we're done with this. Yeah. And to we be fair, to residents, they were all like, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, actually, there were a lot of people at the show wearing masks. There were a lot of people I knew. There were a few. Yeah. In the industry who were wearing masks and it was totally fine. I don't think there was a issue. I think it was more just like wear a mask if you feel comfortable. But if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. I think the show promoters did exactly what they were required to do, you know, for the region that they were in for the show. That's, you know. Yeah. And I was going to wear a mask because I was from New York and I spoke to my family about it when I did leave saying I was going to wear one. But when I got there, just the atmosphere and then the amount of people and uh, just the conversations that are going on, I was like, honestly, it's going to be very hard to have all these conversations with a mask on. It gets sweaty, it gets moist, uh, it's very mumbled, it's loud as is in the show. It's just going to be hard to talk. So I made the decision not to. Like I said, I didn't get it from the show. It's not like if I flew in the day after the show ended and then got it, it would be a different story. But I did stay at the party in Dallas after. So once again, just I want to make it very clear. It's no fault to the organization like to the ice show itself i think that went very well in itself yeah let's move on from the, the facts of covid's yeah the, the show was great it was it was awesome to see everybody we hung out with um josh deutsch uh we hung out with a bunch of people we got some lunch um it was just it was great to see people we haven't seen in so long especially again the three of us are very used to going to shows on a regular basis as of 2019 we went to however many shows we did in 2020 we obviously as everyone else (laughs) yeah like we didn't go to any shows so it was it was really nice to just get back out and see people you know for me as a as an individual and obviously as a dealer it was great to just get out and, and shake hands and see people sort of reaffirm relationships and, and just be, just be in it again. Just be in the mix um, is, is a huge part of it. And really just sort of feeling that show atmosphere. It was the first show, first show back since for me, it was TKI back in February of 2020. So, so that was yeah, the first time together. Yeah, over a year. And then I guess the last show we were at together was Kentucky in 2019. Or no, me and Jay were at a shot show back in January. And then all three of us were. That was 2019. Last time we Kentucky were together, was 2018. Was in, yeah, in Kentucky. That's right. Yeah. So the three of us. weird to say that yeah. it was 2018 yeah. Kentucky, which shows you how time flies. 2019. With the whole COVID situation. Everyone's been home. Kentucky. No, Kentucky was 2018. Yeah, and no, 2018. Oh wait, nineteen. Okay, Nick. Okay, no, yeah, no, we went to that. Lost. We went to that bad Italian restaurant, which no, which I will not forget. We went to that bad Italian restaurant well, for twenty nineteen. Um, but yeah, no, you're yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, Elijah, Elijah's right. We so we basically the this. three of us hadn't been in a room together since Shot Show, where I think that Nick and I probably caught something. You know, a lot of these big trade shows, you catch something, but irregardless. It, 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 the three of us hadn't been together in a I show in a while. Because I, I had COVID during that shot show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the last time we were Before together COVID was, was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And yeah. Nick yeah, never I, showed I didn't go to shot because I was show. sick. Yeah, that's right. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. I was sick for like four weeks. And then mm-hmm. my doctor's yeah. like, you have everything under the radar. I don't know what's wrong with you. He was broken. And then it uh, turns out that was just COVID. That's just COVID. That's fine. I know it was, it was, it was nice to, to, to be 
in the show environment again um a couple of highlights from the show for me anyway from ice um so we ran into previous guests of the show which was cool um always nice to see people so we saw uh we were walking around so that so the show to be clear the show had two rooms there was the knife makers guild room and there was the tactical room where sort of probably most of you are more familiar with you know the the instagram like sort of characters you walked in them yeah exactly like the tactical room is sort of more of your modern knife making crowd and the knife makers guild does have some of the modern makers uh enrique pena michael ziba etc um and then that that was sort of a separate room with a whole different vibe but it was really nice we saw less adams um in the knife makers guild you know less has uh been on the show before he's uh a huge he's less is a great character if you've ever met less you would know what i'm talking about if you haven't you should he was super ecstatic to see us he ran up and he gave us all uh anniversary knife makers guild um tumblers i guess and that was awesome very cool to see less um Bruce saw Brad Zinkler in the same room. Yeah, that's right. Brad Zinkler. Yep, exactly. Uh, always good to see Brad. Brad always. Zinker, pretty sure. Zinker oh. comes out with the with with the hot stuff. I gotta say, his table. There were a lot of people there, and I don't know. Knives. Yeah, Brad's the nicest guy. There, those two dudes are like. Yeah, he, and they, he came by to my table because I couldn't go over there. He, he came by. It was like I wanted to meet you, Nick. Check out your work. Because I didn't get a chance to go to that room until the, the last 20 minutes of the second day. I did a quick lap around there, bought some materials and said hi to some friends. And that's another one of those things where we've interviewed those two guys, but haven't seen them since their interview. So it was like re-registering the face with the name kind of thing, which is very cool. And of course, you know, Brad now has um, a Wii Knife collaboration, which is coming out. He's got a few, yeah. I think it's Vivi as well. Yes, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, nope. Uh, Brad's designs definitely resonate uh, with a lot of people. It's awesome to see him doing so well. And um, no, it, it was the in general, the Knife Makers Guild room was always, is always very welcoming and super friendly. Again, just seeing people you haven't seen in a while and in my case, uh, being introduced to people that I've never met in person, but follow their work on the internet. Again, uh, Bruce Bump made a cut and shoot, which was magnetic, where the pistol separated from the knife. And he had a sort of concealed release auto mechanism, which was really neat. Yeah, John spotted it and introduced me to it. Brought me over to Bruce's table, introduced me to Bruce. Um, again, huge, huge fan. Just never met him in person and, uh, a really neat mechanism. So you push down on the blade to release the lock and there's a trigger on the rear of the spine. So while pushing down on the blade, you pull the trigger, move your thumb or really your thumb away from the blade. And then as soon as you do the blade fires open. So it's sort of like a, he doesn't think of it as a switchblade. He thinks of it as a sort of assisted concealed release mechanism anyway regardless nick uh was sort of in the same aisle 
he had his back to uh, the Apex gentleman who makes the titanium grinders. I think, Nick, you picked one of those up at the show. Yeah, it was a good salesman. He, kind of, he was wearing me down there for oh, like Apex 10 minutes 22? to buy this yeah, grinder. Apex 22. Yeah, I don't even smoke uh, the flowers anymore. I may partake like once a month. Really did not need a high-end $350 uh, titanium herb grinder. But uh, he wore me down. He was behind my table the entire time. We got to talking a lot, and uh, I ended up leaving with one. Yeah, but Daniel definitely don't regret it. I guess I, I got the first one that he ever made or he ever had for sale on the website. It's like purple and goldish and like has like a cool like geometric spiral type milling on it. But he's getting uh he's going pretty uh, full tilt with the with the milling on him. They're going crazy oh, yeah. like doing uh Marvel characters and such. Yeah, he had a he had a bunch like, of yeah, the one that I have was uh, fully 3D milled and Thor themed. Yeah. Well, the Jelner themed. The ones he had at the table at the show were pretty Young. outstanding, I gotta say. Like some like in if you've never if you're not familiar with the project we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Apex Twenty Two, who makes um, titanium single piece herb grinders for all your, you know, culinary herb piece, grinding yeah. needs. You know, but yeah, gonna, I think he's he has plans to put out a, a three piece, so mm. that should be cool. Magnetic closure. That is pretty neat. He does make so he does make capsules as well, right? Pretty sure uh, he I does. I think he's starting to, or he's maybe he has before. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing that now. But, he doesn't uh, really make capsules. He makes capsule. like an attachment to. Yeah, kind of. It's looks like a grinder. It's because people at the store their uh, post ground herbs and spices, and yeah. uh, just kind of a magnetic two piece closure thing that looks like the grinder, or you could add on to the grinder. I give it to what him. I know from him. I guess it's the first ever like full titanium herb grinder on the market so that's cool um makes sense it's a it's a, I, so i had never i had i had met him in the past and did the classic knife industry disassociation like i don't know the product and the person are separate and then i so i handled them before but didn't know the person so this show i was able to associate daniel with the product and uh that was kind of cool and I gotta say, pretty outstanding. Yeah, like you don't, are, uh, you don't really get it until you hold yeah. one of those grinders, and it's like, whoa, this is like a, a solid billet piece of titanium. Yeah, his knives are DDK. Yeah, I was explaining to you guys the machining involved. Like, I tried to make one twice, and it doesn't, it doesn't really work out well. Uh, not, not, not like the finished product. It just machining them is a pain. The individual teeth start to vibrate on a harmonic level. And uh, it just snaps animals left and right. I, mean, I was trying to make a mini version, more like a, a travel size, and I attempted it twice. And just programming it, just it, fusion goes crazy, and it doesn't really work out well. So, like, it's props to him for getting it. He's also made pretty cool uh, cigar ashtrays. Oh, I could see that. That are pretty sweet. Oh, speaking of which, uh, in the tactical room, you know who else we saw was Prince Customs. Um, and he actually won oh, yeah. some awards for his knife. I forget what the name is, but it's the... I don't know what it's called. It's cool as shit. As the full, it's like a semi-integral, not integral, flip open screw. He won most innovative design for that thing, but I, I knew he was going to win it. Yeah, when he made that, I was like, that is badass. Yeah. No, that he really... 
The Theon. Yes. Yes. So it's okay. So if you're not familiar, yeah, like look it up. Opener, exactly. Opener. It's um. It's a. It's so obviously it's really just cool mechanism. It's a traditional knife, pocket knife, but it it has built into it, um, the mechanisms for opening a wine bottle, which are crazy. The way that it deploys and the way that it conceals in the handle of the knife. So, shout out to Prince. He is a future guest of the podcast. Um, as soon as we get our act together and, and back into it, we'll we'll have Prince um, on the show soon enough. But definitely, definitely props to him for winning that winning that award. I don't know if that's his first award. It's definitely, I think it's his first Knife Maker's Guild Award. I would imagine, yeah. So, con- congrats to Prince. Like, very, very well done. Um, excellent execution of the knife, and congrats on the award. Because that's that's something that, uh, that's pretty kick-ass. I guess he uh, got the best first-year probationary maker award as well. For the guild. Yeah. Definitely one to watch, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think Prince is um, somebody who's sort of a, a slow build, you know, kind of working on it. But he's definitely, um, I know as as the recording of this episode, he's finally announced the automatic that he's working on um, with his sort of, he has a very specific sort of Texas crew, but um, I'm looking forward to that. I knew knew about that a little ahead of time, but it was awesome to see him announce that on Instagram. Looking forward to his work in the Switchblade field and what that will look like. Uh, Saturday, Saturday was the more Saturday was a slow build and then a long burn. So Saturday, the last day of any show is really that's when the deals are made. So the Saturday of the ice show or the Knife Makers Guild show certainly was um i think with the more popular obviously we had, you know, had a lot of industry people there who were already there but definitely a lot of i hesitate to say outsiders but i would just say regular sort of regular people um who are driving or flying in you know a lot yeah like they have the weekend off it's easier for them to sort of get to the show and visit so i think i think saturday was a i would hesitate but i would say the more successful day of the of the show that that i that i know of i know that uh, right i think on saturday after uh like about an hour and then later on to the end of the show it was pretty much all like just industry folks just kind of like cruising around doing all the uh all the industry deals which was pretty funny to see yeah there are definitely everything's yeah a lot of those deals at uh, last minute kind of stuff kind of comes together, you know, kind of does that. Nick, what was the uh, more popular show or sorry, more popular day at the show? Was it Friday or Saturday? Oh, definitely. Definitely the first day. It's kind of what I explained to you uh, at the show. Brunich, I sold great the first day and then I had a couple little things saying around. I didn't, I didn't really have anything full size. I had some imps, but uh, don't really sign anything the second day. Besides that, I 
just the people that were coming by. It was mainly some of the people who were there the first day. But really, a lot of not many people flew in. A lot of people, a lot of familiar faces did fly in, uh, but not that many. A lot of people still don't want to deal with the traveling. And even in Texas, there's no restrictions, but the airport has the same restrictions as every state. Still paying the ass to travel, to fly with a mask and the whole process. But what I told them, I was like, uh, realistically, people are going to come that are true collectors uh, who are going to buy high end stuff will be there on Friday, even if they have to take off work uh, to, to be there. People on Saturday, like if you're coming only on Saturday, it's usually because you're, you're a collector, but not really, really hardcore about it. You won't take off on Friday to go. You're showing up because you're local. You're not going to, well, no one's going to fly in just for Saturday. It's really the locals or who's already there. And they've most likely already spent their money on Friday or are waiting for some of the last lotto stand on Saturday. But no one's going to come just for Friday if there's a hardcore collector uh, for that show. So Friday was more families, people just perusing and walking around. It was still somewhat packed, but not the same amount of people came by to say hi or just talk or whatever. You could definitely feel different, see the difference uh, for the Saturday show. You know, Saturday park pork show. But the only show that I think has a strong Friday Saturday vibe, realistically, even USN doesn't really have a strong Saturday vibe. It's even though that's really just all mainly hardcore guys. The only show that really holds up both days really strong, really well throughout the entire days, I think, is Blade Show, just because of the sheer volume of people. Oh, there's a huge amount of people there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I guess it right. It depends on what end of the spectrum you're coming from, whether it's industry or sort of the collectors um or sort of uh just sort of casual attending um i know on saturday it was good i saw uh grissom knife and tool which was awesome i haven't seen grissom in i don't know since like last blade show uh always uh very friendly cool guy working on uh always working on his flippers and his his fully knives in general i met him through making knuckles and uh it's awesome to see him with a collaboration piece and an oem piece available and definitely definitely wound down and rode out saturday uh gavin came in which was awesome uh gavin hawk was not presenting the show he just kind of stopped in he needed uh, some time to come hang out come chill so we all uh we all grabbed dinner on saturday night which was awesome just to purely socialize not really any work involved uh well that's not true we did get to sample some of gavin's new swag um which is kind of neat and then um and that that kind of wrapped up am i am i I missing anything that kind of wrapped up the show for saturday um i think it's about it at the show uh when i walked around i only really had 20 minutes there at the end to walk around throughout the show i'd go get there's about four, three rows or four rows, three rows. Uh, throughout the show on Friday, I was able to run away for five minutes to do one row at a time, get around. But there was a lot of makers. It was like I said, it was a great turnout. Uh, a lot of a lot of makers did fly into the shows. So on our like, just like he said, there's the two rooms, uh, more on the ABS side and the tackle side. As far as the, ta- the ABS side, it was a lot of locals. Uh, I, I call it about 75 percent locals where our tactical side which is, was the opposite. It was mainly all the, the names you're familiar with that flew in. Uh, a lot of big makers, a lot of, uh, pretty much like I said, there, a lot of guys flew in. There's, I could probably name like six guys, five guys on our side that was local guys. 
where the rest of the, the people made a point to to travel out or fly out for the first show of the year, even though no one knew how the turnout would be. Everyone, we I'm in a lot of knife maker private groups, and we all were like, do we do it? Do we not do it? You guys think people will fly in? You think there'll be enough people out there uh, to make it worth it? Because shows are expensive for us. Hotel, flight, food, uh, the time off from the shop, and then the, the hecticness of the week or two prior to get ready for the show. It gets a little out of hand. And then plus dealing with the traveling I'm in New York, so for me to fly out there was I knew it's going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass. I have to get tested before, I have to get tested after, I have to get tested prior to every flight, uh, I have to register. It's a whole process. So I was a little worried about going that last second there when I thought I wasn't going to have anything. I was like, I don't want to deal with all this just to go hang out. Thankfully, I went and it was a great show and it, it was what it was. But uh, definitely was happy. Like I said, it was amazing turnout for considering the times and the uncertainties i think uh josh said they were they sold like pre-sold like 900 tickets or over 900 so it's probably like a good over a thousand at least at the show no they sold it it was 900 but actually when they stopped selling tickets right the date the night before online the pre-sells it ended up breaking a thousand so it's right at a thousand tickets right over a thousand sale ends online yeah, that, that was pre-sale, so then turnout, there was also yeah. walk-ins. Plus, Saturday is mainly when they get the walk-in tickets. The locals like just come up last second where it does go. Like, I got asked for free time. I'll come in. Uh, probably, I'd say they probably sold 1,500 tickets. I wouldn't be surprised if there was about 1,500 people there. That sounds right. So the, the there were two rooms, but the rooms weren't overly large by any means. So, I mean, really, we're talking about total venue size still probably about usn honestly right am i wrong yeah together yeah the abs room was yeah, twice as big as the tactical room that's true knife maker's guild so knife maker's guild room really room compact the whole time was a little bit bigger oh, the guild room yeah um but yeah no you're, you're right overall it, there were probably yeah that makes sense there, Com- they were coming and going. there was no yeah. there, there was i maybe saw like maybe i don't even think i saw any empty tables to be honest i'm thinking about it now I think I every s- every spot was filled. Yeah, I definitely saw a lot more people than I than I thought there would be there. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Saturday, Saturday and Friday, Friday and Saturday were great. Uh, wrapped up, good show. I think everybody there definitely agreed that they would be back. Awesome turnout, especially you have to understand given the times and the strangeness involved. Awesome turnout. So next year, I I would imagine that it would be tenfold. You know, even more, even more people involved um, and and even more excitement because things will be, you know, however they will be next year. I don't know. They'll be great. Uh, that, that being said, ice was awesome. Uh, you missed out, but it's totally understandable if you weren't there. Uh, Saturday and Sunday were a whole different thing. It was it was really cool to be able to to be in Texas. I personally was completely unaware of of how close fort worth and dallas were together so for me it's cambridge and boston for everybody else it's any other sister city um they're like about a half hour apart they're they're very close so we hung out in fort worth uh and then on sunday we had the pleasure of hanging out with dad john gray we went to the fort worth water gardens we got some awesome barbecue and then we had the pleasure of hitting up uh, Brian Beeler's shop. So I texted Brian 
on Sunday. Well, he came to the show on Saturday just to stop by because he's a local. And he said, yeah, come by the shop. So on Sunday, we swung by uh, Muay Thai of Dallas. So Brian, as you may know, if you listen to the episode, if not, Brian runs a Muay Thai gym in the front, a classic car restoration garage on the side and the back is a bona fide uh, knife making workshop uh, with CNC and manual mills. So Brian uh, was cool enough to host us during the day and the night on Sunday and show us around. He's got a pretty awesome setup. I have to say it's a enviable bachelor's pad by any means fully packed with uh, Impalas, Chevelles, and Camaros with a Haas. Nick, which Haas was it? The big one, right? An F3, a sizable machine. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big. Brian's not in a cramped area. He's got lots of room to grow. So I don't know. He's just bored. He he runs a he runs the gym in the front full time, restores cars with his dad, and builds some pretty badass knives in the back, and has a pretty killer cigar patio to boot. I know I was pretty impressed. We walked in and offered everybody drinks as most good hosts do. Uh, but when Nick took him up on his offer, uh, he's like, he was just good house. He, he was like, you guys want anything? I was like, no, he's like, you want old fashioned? I was like, uh, you're speaking my language now. He made a pretty killer. And we just hung out there for the most part of the day, pretty much. Very cool of him to to have us there. He busted out some cigars. Our shop. Nick had some cigars. And we took uh, Gavin over there that afternoon. Showed him around. Yeah, we cruised into Dallas later on in the day after hanging out at the shop, dropped uh, dad at the airport and um, was able to sort of take a cruise around Dallas in the rental and see the sights. We hit up uh, uh, fairgrounds. I forget uh, the name of it. Yeah, the fairgrounds, something. It was all the Egypt and crazy stuff. It was, yeah. Yeah, we met up with um, met up with Gavin again. Headed back to the shop, got the look around. It was it was good. Uh, it was definitely um, it was a nice show because we had time, and it was a nice show to see everybody. So ice next year if you want to go. Don't think about it. Just do it. It's gonna. I, I know Brian was voting to make it uh, Blade Show Texas, so I have no problem with that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nicely centrally located too. Yeah, the next year it's actually gonna be a way bigger show. It's not gonna be in Fort Worth. Well, it's not gonna be in the same spot. It's gonna they're moving it to Dallas to the convention center. Or is it the Fort Worth Convention Center? No, the fourth they're moving it, it's still in Fort Worth, but it's going not to the stockyards, which is a little bit out of downtown area. They're moving it to downtown to the convention center. So I'm assuming it's gonna be a much bigger show in that venue. Uh so it'll be they'll be, be pretty different next time around nice yeah I, I do remember that they they mentioned that the outcome was so positive that they are moving it to a proper a proper spot a proper convention center um if you're not familiar stockyards is a sort of i wouldn't be surprised if it turns into blade show texas yeah i could see that you know it, it'd be uh it'd be nice to have a east west and central question mark texas is relatively central Mm-hmm. 
Latest cricket and the tricky cricket. Hi. We'll be live in Dallas and Texarkana twice next week. It's opening act Stankle McDrangus and the Grundle Vibrations. <laughs> All right. So that pretty much sums up the show recap. We're going to just go over some updates from our hosts. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Knives. Nice. All really? the knives. No, okay. uh, at the moment, I am trying to make all the knives. Uh, I haven't actually been in the shops since a uh, uh, disturbingly, disturbingly amount of time. Uh, really, realistically, since before ice, I got back. And as I mentioned, I had COVID. I've been to the shop maybe uh, three times since ice. And both times were just half days. Just wasn't the mind wasn't cooperating with the body to get anything done. Just kind of was drawing blanks. Uh, tomorrow should be the official return, uh, which should be April 27th of full day schedules. Uh, at the moment, we're machining more parts because I don't really have any parts and I got to work on the BBM pre-orders. So we are pretty much restructuring everything to meet the demand. So I had to make bigger pallets, bigger fixtures to do more at once. So I'd have to babysit the machine and hopefully tomorrow we're going to reset off the machines with the new system so right tomorrow i have to make the new pallets and the new fixtures to start machining again so hopefully by the end of the week i show some results with that and uh to get onto some of the milled beveled bbms and make some more parts uh for the hand ground ones uh for rob's arrival he was supposed to be here at this point right now but that's delayed as i am about three weeks to a month behind um he should be here around mid-may to make some more hand ground ones, but I do got to get out a, a decent batch of milled beveled ones before he arrives, uh, just so that way there's an even amount done and we're not just concentrating on the one style. Aside from that, there's just prototyping of stuff that goes on constantly in the shop. Uh, some other projects soon to be announced as usual, just standard work schedule stuff. Just right now it's Priority number one is BBMs since we're working on orders. And at that point, we'll see after that. Maybe we'll make an announcement towards the end of May or sometime in June. Maybe around the end of May or June, we'll announce some other stuff. In the time, since I spent a lot of time home, still not doing a lot of CAD. I do a little bit of CAD here and there. Mainly, first time I had COVID, it was like a really bad flu this time around. It's like severe mental and physical fatigue. Uh, even now that I'm negative, I still kind of get tired halfway through the day and just can't get into the work zone. I just look at the screen for hours like nothing nothing comes out. My mind's just a blank. Uh, but I'll try. I did some CAD here and there for some BBM alterations for probably the next batch. Some uh, a new style of mill blades, some modifications to blade shapes, and some other milled features in the blades, as well as new handle variations. Because if we do another batch, most likely going to discontinue all of the handle uh, milled handle options and introduce a new six or seven or so. See how I'll run that, and as well as the different blade variations. That's probably good. Switch up a little bit. That BBM has really become quite mm -hmm. uh, quite the popular piece. Uh, people quite like them. It's not what I usually make. I like to get back to making flippers. Since that's what I know very well. And less uh, tuning and less fiddling. Uh, so I've made them for so long. 
where BBMs are a little different. It's not like relearning those, but the processes are a little different and the end results that I would expect are always a little different. It's not uh, it's not what I'm used to. So as you make them, as I make them, I still change things and develop the recipes for the lock detent, like this new batch that I'm making right now. Then I'm machining, I'm actually redesigning the whole lock geometry and trying something else just, just to see if it's any different, any better, uh, just kind of, as a machine, I'm it's constantly evolving. Even this V2, it's on V2.4 at this point. Slight changes between every batch and my machine. Hmm. Okay. So there's definitely a lot, a lot going on on yeah, that. So that would be like 2.5 for this new one. Hmm. Okay. So filling orders, grinding, getting ready for Rob again. Uh, doing that, doing that bro lab business. Yep, more bro labs. All the bro labs, all the things, all the time. Make all the things. Is it all Nick? Nothing else? Nothing new? On the I haven't worked in a month. Okay. What other announcements are you all secretly right. holding? Is what we're asking you. I've been in bed. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> I'm getting a new bed because after a month, I discovered that I want a new bed. Oh, really? <laughs> so that took a while. Okay. Well, when you're laying in bed for a month doing nothing, you start wanting to make changes in your life. And getting another bed, it's it's, it's a big yeah, step. Like it's, it's, I'm more excited about a new bed than getting another CNC machine. Like it's a big step in life. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Well, you do spend more time in the bed. No. So. Uh-huh. Elijah, any updates? So we get off this topic in my bed. Oh man, I don't. No, still working on designs. You know slowly but surely just cranking them out new stuff a lot of new stuff on the way i don't know if uh that's uh prompt information at the moment but we will see got a sort of a burrow lab with arcane working on that that should be interesting we're still in the process of mid cad so nothing uh finalized yet but that should be pretty interesting uh and then so got the new Civivi coming out finally in July. This should be headed to dealers right around end of May, July, hopefully. That's uh, the Lazar. The Lazar. Named after the uh, the infamous Bob Lazar of uh, S4. So a little uh, throwback there. We'll be looking for like sneak peeks of that or but, what? Um, Posted a couple already, but yeah, I'll probably show some more uh, when I get actual samples in. Similar to the McKenna, like a uh, little larger trailing point type thing. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. We'll follow up to that. And I'm sure they'll do uh, all the variants. Chimascus, copper, bronze, stonewashed, satin, all the good stuff. And a plethora of G10 options. So yeah, it should be fun. Nice. All right. And that's about it. Looking forward to those Civivi follow-ups. That that Civivi brand is really uh it's really taken off. I mean, I, I know since we last visited that subject, it really uh it's really on fire. I, I know the the price point gets a lot of people into the brand. You know, they uh if if you were kind of like in the quality spectrum. I mean, what the McKenna, 
it seems to just sell like crazy, which is great. I mean, it really, it brings a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably in, one of my best sellers. Which is, yeah, which is crazy sure. surprising. Uh, I don't know. It's like, you want to just get something for like 80 bucks or whatever, 90 bucks for premium for Civivi. Check it out. And it's, it seemed to be a hit. So that's good. So the Civivis have done pretty well. And I just found out recently that, uh, if you buy an Arrakis now, I guess you get like a, a mystery Civivi knife. Like a little uh, grab bag deal. So that's pretty cool. So uh, if you uh, were considering that and didn't have one, go check that out if you want. Yeah, that is that is pretty Get neat. Your, that's uh, a really Mystery good... Civivi. Yeah, that's that's a kind of a cool promotion that they're running. Um, I think it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I think it's pretty... Fr- I think it's free. I, think, I don't think there's a price hike on that, so I don't know. If you are on the fence, get an Arrakis and receive a Civivi for free. Bonus. Yeah, just spice it up and sauce it down. There are so many, so many secret projects in the works right now. Um, it yeah, is quite a it is few. It is a tantalizing amount of secret projects in the works that we are going to not tell you guys about. But I want you to know... That the output things are being done. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? The output in this in this room, which is not really a room, but it is in a podcast area. The output it's a huge is a lot. giant circle. Yeah, made around the continental United States. Yeah, it's it's more of a triangle actually. Yeah, yeah it's actually, a really, really long. It actually kind of is sharp triangle. It's a lot, and um, we're putting off talking about it. But soon we will be able to talk about it because the things will be coming to fruition and then that will be a more timely space. But listeners, there is much to look forward to. Uh, Keep an eye out for upcoming more regular content from us. Uh, We're sort of all getting back into this this year. It's been a little bit of a of a strange comeuppance for the podcast but we appreciate your patience and um falling back into a routine is next on the list uh as last year was pretty wild for us during the height of the stuff that everyone went through we had lots of time to record and this year as a sign of which we are all very busy so getting back into the routine is is what we're doing so keep an eye out for new guests um definitely keep an eye on the instagram gonna try to be a little more active on that i guess i probably always say that but whatever deal with it um yeah i'm gonna start the roll with the sign out thanks for listening this is the vocal representation of jeremiah burbank from pbk vegas Nick Trooper and Vance C. Knives. Elijah Eisen of Eisen Blayworks. Oh, yeah. The whole world is filled with garbage to fucking purchase. <laughs> Oh, God.
Oh my God. It's like some yuppie ass fucking Birkenstock wearing Corolla crunching. <laughs> like walks into the REI and like walks out with like 20 G's or like shit. That's what you need, guy. I'm buying the. Uh, I, I bought that monitor. Did you really? So I was listening to Alex Honnold on Jerry talking about athletic greens. What the hell is this all about? Like, I'll stay oh, away some. Athletic yeah, I greens. Some I have some of those. I have some. Sorry, bro. I guess it's like I saw, yeah, I guess you just left out of that one. Yeah, it's just like another so like supplement. I use, like I use a electrolyte solution I put in my water, which is just salt, a little sugar, and B12 and electrolytes. Yes. Similar thing, except that has like other vitamins and minerals and herb-based. See, the thing is, Elijah, is that your body is a machine, and what you feed it and affects... Popeyes is your fuel. Yeah, it affects the output. But... It's not optimal fuel. I mean, Popeye's works, but no, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, it I does. Woke up late today, and it's just Popeye's. <laughs> I like how that motherfucker! Like, oh my god! <laughs> what the hell's going on out there? Mm-hmm. Hi guys. All right. Okay. Is it the same car? It is the same car. The daily dose of vitamin C, zinc, healing mushrooms, and more. Shit, yeah, you need those healing mushrooms, guy. That's what you need. It's like chaga. It's garbage. It's just like... It's lies. It's lies wrapped inside of lies. Just consume it all. It's lies wrapped inside of an enigma. Vitamin D and vitamin C. So, like... Take, you're not taking fish oils? You're taking more... Fish oil? Take the fish oils, man. Dude, fish oils are legit. I don't know about that. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I think that might be like. I started thinking about the lobster movie and how we just like fuck? replicated waste. No, sure. Just, like, regurgitated the fish oils. Fish oils are a need <laughs> if you eat garbage and a lot of and a high fat diet like I Here's do. It changes thing. LDL to HDL cholesterol. Yes, that's true. Also, think about the myelin sheath, man. In the myelin sheath. It's well, the sheath. Really it's the sheath between. It's the blood. It's the blood-brain barrier. You mm-hmm. got to keep it lubricated, my dude. The sheet. Sorry, the sheet. Got to keep it lubricated. And then I go to the thing. Also, it's like the thought. Oh well, krill oil. Well, we used to do. We, we did be whales at one point. So. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. We do be whales. Um. Yeah, I might. Uh, I might check some fritter. There's someone. There's someone in your house, and you don't know. It's a person in here. 